Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you're blessed by this podcast, please subscribe. Once you do, you'll be able to stay up to date with all our latest messages. In this week's message by Tom Hughes, we continue our study in the book of Daniel. Where does the Antichrist come from? Could he be a Jew? What does the Bible have to say? Let's find out. Okay, let's get started. Here we are tonight. Where does Antichrist come from? Daniel chapter 2, we've been looking at it. The king of Babylon had a dream. And in that dream, uh, he had this dream of this statue. He was the head of gold. And we went right on through world history to the point where we looked at last time the coming revived Roman Empire with the ten kings that are going to be leading that, uh, represented in the dream by the ten toes. And, and I said that what I want to do tonight is talk about the Antichrist. Where does he come from? Does he come from the western part of the Roman Empire, the eastern part of the Roman Empire? Uh, is he born here in Hemet, California? Uh, so, <laughs> so let's look at this. Uh, keeping in mind there is a this this empire that's coming and and how close we are to uh, the time that jesus is coming again again if you've been following us on bible prophecy you know that there are over 800 signs that are given in the bible regarding the second coming of christ in fact jesus tells us to watch and be ready to watch and pray we are admonished throughout the new testament to be ready don't be uh, caught asleep Uh, that sort of thing when it comes to the signs of his second coming. So if Jesus tells us to watch, here's the signs. The Bible gives us over 800. We, therefore, should be watching, right? Um, so with that, as we think of this, we are rushing toward this time that we're going to get into in just a minute. Um, we look at things like this that tell us how close we are. This is coming out of Iran from the Jerusalem Post. Revolutionary Guards Commander Iran has encircled Israel from all sides. Um, now keep this in mind. If you know the Bible, and if you know world history, uh, Iran was always favorable to Israel. Throughout world history, it has been. Uh, biblical history and secular history. Uh, but the Bible tells us at the time of the end, Iran, a.k.a. Persia, is going to turn against Israel and will become the worst enemy that Israel has. And so we are watching this develop exactly as the Bible says it would and Iran is threatening. They want, to, they want to remove Israel from the face of this earth. By the way, you, many of you probably saw this article last week, and I've been saying this here for several years, probably five, six, seven, eight years, that Iran has, uh, there are more people coming to faith in Christ in Iran than virtually anywhere else in the world right now per capita. Did, how many of you saw that this past week? That was on, that was on the, that finally made the mainstream media. We've been saying that here for seven, eight years. And, uh, but praise God, the world is starting to notice that too. And, and, and we also have with Egypt that according to Isaiah chapter 19, Egypt is going to turn to the Lord during the time of the end too. And the reason why Egypt turns to the Lord, God is going to, the oppressors coming against Egypt, God will use the oppressors to say, we don't want this, and they are also going to turn to the Lord. And in Iran right now, you have major oppression that takes place because of some of the radical Islamic agenda that's there. And uh, you, you see this, and people are coming to faith. And, and uh, God uses turmoil in our lives to turn our attention to him. But also, this is a reminder, over 800 signs, this is just one of the many of the proximity uh, uh, that we are to the time of uh, Jesus coming again. 
Then there's this article by Dr. Michael Brown, Killing the Unborn, Confessing to Plants. Um, Michael Brown uh, says, I'm all for environmental stewardship, and there's something to be said for a biblically-based ecology. <coughs> I, I agree with him. Um, uh, God has created this planet. We should take care of it. However, this whole thing has gotten crazy. And in Romans chapter 1, the Bible warns of a generation where the people worship the creation rather than the creator. Uh, but what we're watching also in this worship, worship of creation, it's, it's, a, it's, a, a, it's killing babies and this worshiping plants. He writes, I find it a bit ironic that a staunchly liberal seminary which supports a woman's right to abortion held a special chapel service to make confession to plants. So it's fine to take the lives of unborn babies in the womb, but we must confess our sins to the plants. He writes, may God help us. On September 17, Union Theological Seminary. So these are, this is a theological seminary that has a form of godliness but denies the truth of the Bible, right? That is 2 Timothy chapter 3. Behold, in the last days perilous times will come. Another one of the signs. Today in chapel, so this is just the other day. Today in chapel we confessed to plants. Together we held our grief. This is a quote. Our joy, regret, hope, guilt, and sorrow in prayer. Offering plants. Offering them to the beings who sustain, the prayers to the beings who sustain us, but whose gift we often fail to honor. What do you confess to the plants in your life? What exactly did these confessions sound like? One seminary, seminarian tweeted, here was my confession. I confess that even as I've waxed poetic and theological about how indispensable you are, the plants, I privileged my own comfort and convenience over your well-being. And uh, confession, this is insane. You're thinking, people can't actually think this. People are actually thinking this and actually doing this. Yet, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, God says in the last days, I will send them strong delusion that they will believe the lie because they would not receive the love of the truth. They're going to completely deny the Lord. I'm going to send them this delusion. And if you're in your right mind, you're going to look at this and you go, Where, how could this be? You look, you go, this is nuts. Nevertheless, that's the world we live in. Then there's this, the Catholic Muslim Interfaith Council created by Pope Francis announces new Chrislam headquarters opening in 2022 that combines a mosque and church according to a signed covenant. I'm going to get into this in the weeks ahead because in Daniel we're going to be dealing with a lot more things like this because of the prophetic nature of uh, the book of Daniel. But you look at that, and then there's this. Microphones and Amazon's new smart glasses that give wear access to Alexa on the go could secretly listen into all conversations with an earshot. These are not surprises, right? All of these technology things, uh, they, they do not surprise us one bit. But all of these things, technology, um, they remind us of the direction that we are going, that there is a new world order, there's going to be a globalist system, and you must comply with this globalist system, or uh, it's going to be off with your head, right? And that's the prophecies that fit with Daniel, where we are, Daniel chapter 2. Uh, then there's this, Old Thinker News, Penn State professor, social credit will shift law in the West from Constitution to analytics 
and algorithm. Artificial intelligence-driven social scores to supplant the Constitution. Professor Larry Backer of Penn State University wrote a paper that resistance to social credit systems in the West could be dissolved when the masses are socialized as a collective. Did you get that? Socialized as a collective. This is what the Bible says is coming. And, quoting, the great culture management machinery of Western society develop a narrative in which such activity is naturalized within Western culture. In the paper titled Next Generation Law, Data-Driven Governance and Accountability Based Regulatory Systems in the West and Social Credit Regimes in China. That is a long title of a paper. Backer describes moves to social credit in the West as fractured but gives guidance on how societal norms could be steadily pushed to accept the system. Backer proposes that the great culture management machinery of the West normalize the idea of social credit and sharing private data. So the social credit system, if you've been following Bible prophecy, the social credit system in China is coming to the world. The technology is there. It's going to be much more refined than what's happening in China right now. China's like this beta test area. But what's coming to the West is going to be much more restrictive, and you will not be able to buy or sell unless you receive the mark of the beast, which takes us to, uh, so it's no longer the Constitution, but it's this algorithm and, and artificial intelligence controlling everything, hence you're labeled a hater, right, if, you're, you, know, if, if you have uh, re Christian religious views. Uh, George Soros emerges as major funder of global climate strike groups. Are you surprised? No, okay. So I have so much to say about the climate laws, but I'm saving them for November 10th. You'll find out on November 10th why. There's so much going on. I believe, personally, that the climate laws, and you're going to hear a whole lot more about them. You're starting to hear a lot more about them. These are going to increase. Um, you're going to be labeled as a problem if you don't comply with the climate laws. I believe it's just a matter of time, I don't think it's going to happen tomorrow, where you're going to be arrested if you don't comply with these. These climate laws that are coming are extremely restrict restrictive to the place where we will be told where we can live and where we can't live, what we can buy and what we can't buy. All for the betterment of Mother Earth. Again, Romans chapter 1. The generation will be here that people will worship the creation rather than the creator, God. And God will turn them over to their own debased mind. Um, a lot, I have a lot more to say about this, but you, in the news, you will hear a lot more about climate laws, and you will hear about how wonderful they are, and you will also hear more and more pressure against those who resist these things, how evil and how wicked you are. Then there's this, eating meat could be banned like smoking, says top barrister as he calls for a new crime of ecocide. Eating meat is a problem. Could be banned, predicted, one of Britain's foremost barristers, as he called for the offense of ecocide to be introduced to prosecute those who damage the nature on a massive scale. Michael Mansfield warned that the farming of livestock for meat was destroying the planet and called for legislation to criminalize those who cause global warming 
and the willful destruction of wildlife. In a message delivered at the launch of the Vegan Now campaign, which encourages people to stop eating meat and dairy, Mansfield said he had a single message to make ecocide a crime. Um, so does the Bible say anything about eating meat being a problem? Yes. This is what the Bible says. You ready? <clears throat> now the Spirit, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, worshiping plants, confessing your sins to plants. This is nuts. It's nuts. Deceiving spirits, doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Listen to this. Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods, which God created to be received. Um, in the Young's literal translation, this verse 3 says, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats uh, as one of the signs of the last days. So you look at what's going on, and you, you, you're like, is this really happening? Yes, it is happening. Uh, this commanding to not eat meat is based on climate laws. The climate laws, I am, as I mentioned, I'm convinced, are going to be the tool that's going to be used to control the masses in this coming New World Order, the global system that Daniel let us know was coming. And then the book of Revelation goes on and gives us even more details about this. Also, 1 Timothy chapter 4 says, forbidding to marry. You listen now, the, the, there's a lot of pressure about making heterosexual marriage a bad thing between a man. I mean, you hear that, right? This isn't, this isn't a surprise, is it? I mean, you keep, we hear these things. And, and, uh, and we have people that are now saying, I don't want to get married and I don't want to have kids. Why? Because they don't want to destroy the planet. This has got legs, and this is driving, and I'm telling you, you look at Agenda 2030, this is a tool to control the masses of people to bring us to the world order that is coming, this global system. So as we're looking at Daniel chapter 2, all of this is driving to the fulfillment of what Daniel saw in Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Uh, we finished uh, the, the past empires, uh, the gold head of Babylon. Remember that from Daniel 2? If you weren't with us, you'll catch up in a second. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, the king of Babylon. Daniel said, you are the head of gold. After you is going to be the Medo-Persian empire represented by the silver in the statue of the dream. After the Medo-Persian Empire would be the Greek Empire represented by the bronze. After uh, the bronze empire would be the Roman Empire represented by the legs of iron. Um, Daniel's prophecy was 100% accurate. We'd be crazy to think that the remainder of it is not accurate. Daniel went on to talk about the feet and the toes, which we looked at last week. You have the ten toes, you have the ten kingdoms uh, that the Bible talks about that this world is going to be divided into. Some say it'll be just in Europe and then administrated from Europe. Others, I tend to believe, the ten kingdoms spoken of by Daniel and also in the book of Revelation chapter 17 where there's ten kings, where the world is going to be divided up into ten different 
regions. Whatever it is, though, there's going to be these ten elitists that will be ruling. We looked at that last week. But the Bible tells us that the Antichrist is going to come out of a revived Roman empire. Uh, if you, uh, now here for tonight, with Rome you have two legs, right? Those legs represent both the East and the West empire of Rome because uh, Rome had, uh, the Roman empire had uh, one of its areas, their, their centers for controlling everything was in Rome and then later on came uh, Constantinople, which we now call Istanbul. Um, so we see this. Um, where does the Antichrist come from? Does he come from the eastern leg of the Roman Empire? Does he come from the western leg of the Roman Empire? If all of this is too confusing, I'm trusting it won't be confusing in just a couple of minutes. So you ready? Okay. Yeah. All that to say, there's an Antichrist that's coming out of a revived Roman Empire. Ready? Daniel chapter 9. I'm going to read from there because we've already looked at Daniel chapter 2. This is what the Bible says in Daniel chapter 9. Not a lot of verses. Daniel has these visions. He's trying to figure out what's going on. An angel appears to Daniel. Uh, the, uh, I believe it's the angel Gabriel here in Daniel chapter 9 appears to Daniel and, and tells Daniel, here's the deal. Uh, Daniel chapter 9, beginning in verse 24. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your city. That's for the Jewish people, right? And for your holy city, what would that be? Jerusalem. Okay, we've looked at the math before. Seventy weeks turns out to be 490 years, right? So I'm not going to get into those details. Now worry about that tonight. Um, it continues from there. It says... Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until the Messiah, the Prince, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. That would be a total of 69 or 483 years. The street will be uh, built again and the wall even in troublesome times. That happened during the time of Nehemiah. Verse 26, and after the 62 weeks or the seven and 62 or the 483 years, the Messiah will be cut off, but not for himself. So it's a prophecy that uh, after, in fact, it was fulfilled. When Jesus rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, at the end of that week, he was cut off. He was crucified, right? That's prophecy. Uh, the Messiah would be cut off. He's going to be crucified, but not for himself. Who was he crucified for? Uh, anyone who would trust in him. The Messiah will be cut off, but not for himself. And look at this. Here it is, the key, verse 26. And the people of the prince who is to come... They shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, the end of it will be with the flood, and uh, till the end of the war of desolations are determined. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, uh, but in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. Okay, here's the deal. Where does the Antichrist come from? This is all I'm going to concentrate on. It's where the Antichrist comes from. We'll get into detail Daniel 9 when we get there. Okay? So, uh, number one, uh, two different prominent views. He comes out of the east or he comes out of the west. So first of all, number one, uh, the Antichrist rises out of the west. Uh, the western leg of the Roman Empire 
had its capital in Rome. Um, the key to understanding that the, the Antichrist comes out of a revived Roman Empire comes from the statue that we looked at. How many legs does the statue have? Two, all right? Uh, and then you add the feet. So we saw last time the feet are the revived Roman Empire that's coming. You have the feet that are made out of clay and iron, right? They're partly strong, partly weak. Those feet have ten toes that are representing the ten kings that Revelation chapter 17 speaks of. So Daniel chapter 2 gives us a clue that the Antichrist comes out of the revived Roman Empire because they are feet. Daniel chapter 9 in verse 26 gives us the best clue as to exactly who the people are that the Antichrist rises out of. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 26, we just read it. Look at what it says here again. Second half, after the Messiah is cut off, it says this, And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Key on that. Who destroyed the city and the sanctuary in 70 A.D.? Rome, right? So it's real simple. Antichrist will be a descendant of the people who destroyed Jerusalem and the temple in the year 70. That is the people of the Roman Empire. Um, therefore, with that thought, it appears to me at first glance that the Antichrist rises out of the West because it was the Roman Empire headquartered in Rome that was so dominant at that time. Therefore, as we look at news, there's news seems to support that the Antichrist will rise out of the West. Here's this. Is the, U, uh, the European Union an attempt to revive the Holy Roman Empire? That article is from 2006. That's how long this stuff has been going on. Uh, is that what's happening? Uh, that hasn't died. Uh, we have globalist Pope Francis, I showed you this last week, calls for new supranational authorities that would rule countries and enforce UN goals. And I'm going to tell you again, a major goal of the UN is climate laws. Okay, now, I am almost 60 years old. For 59 years of my life, changing climate had another word. Weather. It's the strangest thing. I have the weather app on my phone. It should say chi uh, climate change app or global warming app, shouldn't it? It's called weather. But now um, it's all about climate change. And I talk to people who tell me they're scientists and they say, well, things really are changing. Look, I'm not a scientist. Maybe things are changing. I do not believe it's man-made. I believe the laws are man-made. Um, and I don't think it's from eating too many hamburgers since we have a barbecue tonight with jalapenos, by the way, to support the plant world, which we'll have to confess for killing the jalapenos to put them on the hamburger. Ken, you're going to have to take care of that jalapeno confession thing, okay? You do it out there? All right. Just saying. Okay, so we have this, right? This is all European stuff. Uh, and then there's this. European superstate, a massive expansion of central power that is coming soon. I've read this before, I'm just going to read a little bit of it to you again, because it fits in, it's fairly recent. This is from July, so just two months ago. Former German defense minister Ursula von der Leyen 
has been nearly confirmed as the next president of the European Commission, the powerful administrative arm of the European Union. This has only been about 60 days now. She promised an ambition left, uh, ambitious left-leaning policy program on climate change, taxes, and migration. In the past, she called for the creation of a European superstate. An examination of her policy proposals reveals that she is calling for a massive expansion of top-down powers of the European Commission. Her proposals would substantially increase the role of Brussels in virtually all aspects of economic and social life in Europe at the expense of national sovereignty. Get that? You're going to comply at the expense of your national sovereignty. We have the whole Brexit issue going on right now. Listen, the biggest problem with Brexit for the European Union, that's where the money comes, is from Britain. And they don't want that. They want everybody to comply to this European Union. Um, her main proposals for the next five years are outlined in a 24-page document entitled My Agenda for Europe. One of those agendas, again, is climate change. She called for the European Union to be carbon neutral. She pledged to propose a European Green Deal during her first 100 days in office. We have in America being proposed by some people in Congress, what's it called, the Green New Deal? This is the European Green Deal. You, here's, I want you to just think about this. Do you not think it's strange that there seems to be a single narrative that is coming from every different direction and it all points to climate laws. It's very odd. Why is that happening? Who's behind this narrative? Whose one voice is directing everything? I believe it's spiritual I, I, and, uh, and it's not the Lord. The deal would include the first European climate law, carbon emissions, she says, this is a quote, must have a price every person and every sector will have to contribute. So you, you look at <clears throat> some of these things and you think, man, this is just unbelievable. And then you look at Europe, and Europe is partly strong and a lot weak right now. Uh, the, you have the clay toes and clay iron that we saw last time in the statue. Um, you have the immigration problems. You have a lot of, you have the nationalists versus the globalists going on over in Europe, even more than we have in the United States, although <clears throat> in the United States we are watching it increase. We read about problems in Sweden, in Switzerland, in France, and uh, Germany. It's, it's happening all over the place over there. And people are saying, well, it's the, the Antichrist is not going to come out of Europe because we are just watching Europe in these major crises. However, I remember... Um, hearing this several years ago during uh, one of the last uh, election cycles, that you don't want to let a crisis go to waste. When there's a collapse, you take advantage of it. Here's the thought behind this, don't, not letting a crisis go to waste. Um, when there's a, a, a collapse in, in a country, in a city, in a nation, whatever it is, um, you take advantage of it to get your power and to get the people to say, we need you government to help us in this crisis situation that we are in and you look at what's going on in Europe I believe it's just a matter of time that Europe is going to rise out of the challenges that they currently have this in fact I'll tell you this we'll go out on a limb on a limb here um, that uh, when I look at the future and I look at the near future I don't think it's going to take that a, a lot longer 
But Europe will become stronger. It's not going to be super strong, but it's going to become super powerful. Uh, it's going to be the iron mixed with the clay, according to the statue. It's going to have some major weaknesses. The kingdom that's coming, this revived Roman Empire, is only going to last seven years. That is extremely short. Again, it's partly weak, partly strong. But in this, Europe is going to rise. You want to know what's going to happen? The United States is not. What's happening right now in the United States, we have a president that is saying, uh, make America great again. Um, I don't know how long this is going to last. My personal belief is not going to last very long. The reason why is because in the Bible, America is virtually non-existent. Now, I know that can bother some of you, so please don't get mad and upset. But understand, these things point to Jesus coming, and we need him to come. I'm tired of, I'm, I'm tired of violence. I'm tired of, of uh, families being torn apart. Uh, you hear about children being abducted and people being raped and people being murdered and houses being broken into and all kinds of horrific things that are coming, that, are, that happen. Um, uh, the, the wars and uh, the rumors of wars. But all of these things, um, Jesus is coming and he's going to fix this mess. And I praise the Lord for that. But in that, America is not this great dominant power during the last days. In fact, uh, North America, Central America, and South America are not even mentioned in the Bible. Did you know that? But most of the rest of the world is. In Africa is. Europe definitely is. Obviously, all of the Mideast is. Russia is. So you have that, but the Americas are not. America was used by God to, I believe, bless Israel, to establish a, a particular strength, to endure for a particular length of time in order for God to bring about his plans and put all of the players into their right place biblically. All the pieces of the puzzle are coming together. But America, I believe as I look at the Bible, is going to come to a time where it is going to submit its authority to Europe. And it's going to be part of that Western revived Roman Empire surrendered to it. So what we see now is not going to go on um, forever. Um, I, I, uh, uh, Israel is not going to be blessed a lot longer. And that kind of bothers me. Uh, it, I mean, I want to see a, a great America. I want to see, I remember growing up in the 1960s and being able to ride my bicycle down the street and uh, go over to A&W Root Beer. You know, I enjoyed that kind of stuff and, and a whole lot of other things. And now you're afraid to do anything. And, um, uh, but... Our freedoms are going away. It's like every day, our freedom of speech is going away based on political correctness. I'm almost out of time. I'm on like page two of eight pages of notes. This is not working. So, <laughs> I guess I could just go. All right. I could say we'd end in barbecue and I'll pick up here next week. But you get the point, right? I mean, I, I want to say so much more. <laughs> I really do. We have an election that's coming. Uh, Israel's been going through their weird elections. But the world turns against Israel in the last days. And America is not a superpower in the last days. We know that because the Bible tells us. I'm not saying it to bother us. I'm saying it so we will wake up and realize the late hour that we are actually in and that we would make sure that we turn our eyes to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Jesus is coming again, and man, we need to be ready. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now I better move on. So uh, back to the statue. Where am I? Okay, so the statue has two legs. The question now, the two legs, is the Antichrist going to rise out of, let me see, I can't see very far. Rome is somewhere, here's Rome, right? And Istanbul, formerly known as Constantinople, is over here, right? The two legs of the Roman Empire. It's on that map, do I need to point it out here? There's Rome, and over here is Istanbul. So the two legs of the uh, Roman Empire. Um, is, will he come from the east or will he come from the west? So when it comes to the Antichrist, people make predictions. Don't do that, okay? I'm not going to do it tonight. Right? I'm not gonna, it's a mistake. Uh, my friend Frank Eichlor, I asked him one time if he ever predicted who the Antichrist was. He said, yeah, 12 times, and they all died, so I don't do it anymore. He was joking, but he's making a point with me, don't do that, right? Um, people who believe the Antichrist is going to come out of the East will, will now say, I hear it, uh, it's uh, the Saudi crown prince. He's very charismatic, very likable. Boy, he has some interesting goals and things. Um, the Saudi crown prince, um, President Erdogan out of Turkey, that ain't going to happen. He's not charismatic. Nobody likes him. Um, uh, so you, you have this, right? Maybe he'll be out of Jordan, um, something like that. People who say he's coming out of the West, listen, just for the record, Everybody that's ever been president in our lifetime has been labeled as the Antichrist. It happened with all the Bushes, uh, Jimmy Carter, Gerald Ford, Richard Nixon, um, Ronald Reagan, uh, because his name had six letters each. Did you know that? Ronald Wilson Reagan, 666. I mean, people come up with the craziest stuff. Uh, Clinton, uh, Barack Obama, uh, uh, Donald Trump is the obvious one of today. Um, it's not going to happen. It's, uh, Hillary Clinton cannot be. Uh, what's her name? Elizabeth Warren. Maybe. No, 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 no. Listen, the Antichrist is always in the masculine in the Bible, every time. All right? So scratch all the women that may be on your list. But it's not a good idea to go there. What we can know is just what the Bible does tell us. So Will the Antichrist come out of the West, or will the Antichrist come out of the East? So uh, there are many types of Antichrist in the Bible. Uh, Nimrod from Babel, uh, Pharaoh out of Egypt, right? So uh, based on the types, people say Antichrist will rise out of the East. Plus, in Isaiah chapter 14, the Bible says, The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely as I have thought, so it shall come to pass, and I have... As I have purposed, so it shall stand. That I will break the Assyrian in my land and on my mountains tread him underfoot. Then his yoke shall be removed from them and his burden removed from their shoulders. So those that support that the Antichrist comes out of the east, uh, and again, Istanbul as the other leg of the Roman Empire, uh, Constantinople, now Istanbul, um, say, well, therefore, he's going to come out of the east, he's going to be of Arab descent, or he's going to be uh, Islamic. Um, they will say, look at this, this says the Assyrian. Uh, they also say Islam is this religion that cuts off people's heads. The Antichrist, we know one of the methods for killing people who don't submit will be off with their head, right? So those are two of the factors. But in this passage, the Assyrian is spoken of 
in the character of that Antichrist is going to come. The Assyrians were the original terrorists. They're the ones who just terrorized every single city and nation and people that they conquered. I mean, absolutely horrible uh, uh, things that they did to people. And that character, the Antichrist is going to come. It's the Assyrians that Jonah had the problem with. Remember Jonah and the fish? Okay, he had the problem with the Assyrians at Nineveh. They were awful. They were slaughtering the Jews. The things they would do were absolutely horrific. That is the character of the Antichrist. Also, people say, well, the Antichrist uh, cuts up, will have people's heads removed. Islam does that. So does the Mexican cartel. Right? And it seems like a lot more than, um, from what I read, than Islam is doing. But I will tell you this about people being beheaded. It's a very strange thing in our day, isn't it? I believe we are being desensitized. The world is being desensitized for that type of death squad that will take place during the tribulation that is coming. By the way, before we get to then, I want to tell you this. I do not believe that if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're going to be here for that. Praise the Lord. There is great hope. I see some relief on some of your faces. You're like, oh my God. So, okay. I understand this isn't exhaustive, but I believe Antichrist is going to rise out of the West, out of a revived Roman Empire headquartered in Rome. Again, this. I don't believe he's going to be Islamic. I don't believe he's going to be coming out of the East. Again, Antichrist will be a descendant of the people who destroyed Jerusalem uh, and the temple in 70 um, CE, Common Era. So those that say Antichrist rises out of the East teach that the Roman Empire would have used people of the regions that surround Jerusalem when they destroyed Jerusalem. In other words, the legions of soldiers who destroyed Jerusalem in 70 AD would have been non-Romans that were used against Jerusalem. So the Roman soldiers would have actually been people who were indigenous to the land. Does that make sense? They say Assyrians... Uh, in, uh, descent in modern-day Lebanon, Jordan, or even Turkey. Um, I, 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 I don't see it that way. When, and I'll show you this in just a second, but when you look at if America goes to battle somewhere in the world, they are taking American troops from here, sending them over there. That is what Rome did. We might train people in other areas, which we do, but predominantly Rome did that. Uh, think of this. With the um, legions that, that destroyed Rome in 70 AD, they were Roman. Uh, the 5th Macedonica Legion, the 12th Fulminata, or however you say that. Uh, what's that other one? The 15th Apollinaris, and the 10th, uh, whatever that word is, Fetness, which was tasked with overseeing Mount Olives during the siege. So these Roman legions that destroyed Jerusalem um, uh, they were made up of Romans. Uh, there isn't anything that says they were made up of Syrians or Ammonites or, or anything else. They appear to be all made up of Romans. When you're reading in the New Testament during the days of Jesus, when Jesus is dealing with Roman soldiers, he's dealing with Roman soldiers. He's not de dealing with uh, from the Syrian soldiers or the Lebanese soldiers or something like that. He's dealing with Roman soldiers. Uh, Wikipedia, although it's not 100% right all the time, uh, says this, the legions were made up of Roman citizens from Italy 
Any Italian serving in the Roman army could then become a citizen of Rome. This might have been expanded to other provinces over time. Non-citizens were made up of the auxiliaries. During the time of Augustus, the number of auxiliaries was increased to about the same number of legions. It's probable that during the destruction of Jerusalem, there were auxiliaries involved, but they were not soldiers of the Roman legions. The auxiliaries weren't. So the Roman legions that destroyed uh, Jerusalem, they were Romans. So I, I, I'm convinced that the descent will be the people of um, Rome. Uh, so, but we're not done yet. Can I go on a few more minutes? Okay. People in Daniel chapter 9, where the prince who is to come will be of the people who destroyed the city, comes from the, this uh, Hebrew word am, it means people, fellow citizens, members of one's people or kinsmen. Okay. So with that, Understanding. A um, few questions. Does Antichrist rise out of the East? I believe he does not. Okay, here's, think of this, along with everything I already shared with you. By 285 CE, common era, 285, 215 years after Jerusalem was destroyed, the Roman Empire had grown so vast that it was no longer feasible to govern all the provinces from the central seat of Rome. The emperor Diocletian divided the empire into halves with the eastern empire governed out of Byzantium, or later Constantinople, now Istanbul, and the western empire governed from Rome. Both sections were, were equally known as the Roman Empire. But that didn't happen until 215 years after Rome destroyed Jerusalem, before the area of Constantinople was recognized as the capital of the Eastern Lake 215 years later. Daniel said it'll be the, of the people who destroyed the city that happened in 215 years before. So I don't believe that um, um, the Antichrist rises out of the East. Uh, uh, but for those who want to argue, that, yeah, whatever. It makes it fun to argue about when you're having a hamburger or a plant-based material or whatever it is you're doing, right? Uh, this, this is what we know. And jalapenos. Uh, listen, this is what we know. The Bible teaches that in the end times, right before the return of Jesus, the greatest political leader in the history of mankind will emerge. I believe he's going to emerge from Europe after taking over that area by diplomatic cunning and deceit, the Bible teaches he will launch a military campaign that will result in his acquiring authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation. His empire will be the most extensive in all of history with the attempt to encompass the entire world and his rule will be the most demonic the world has ever experienced. He will begin his rise to power as a dynamic, charismatic, insightful, visionary leader. This is not Donald Trump, right? <laughs> Who will astound the world with the cleverness of his solutions to world problems. He will appear to be the savior of the world, but as he consolidates his power, his true nature will be revealed. He will emerge as a Satan-possessed and empowered person who hates God and is determined to annihilate both Christianity and Judaism. For this reason, he's identified in Scripture as the Antichrist, where he will stand against God and his, against his anointed one, Jesus Christ. Okay? Does the Antichrist rise out of the East? I do not believe so. Um, is the Antichrist a Jew? Some speculate that he will be a Jew. Uh, B, 
Because Jesus said, I have come in my Father's name and you do not receive me. But if another comes in his own name, him you will receive. He's talking to the Jews, right? As we look at this, is the Antichrist a Jew? The argument goes along with that verse quote that I just quoted from John's Gospel that the Jews will not receive the Antichrist. They won't receive a Gentile. They won't receive a Muslim. They won't receive a Gentile. He's going to have to be a Jew. Here's the biggest problem with that reasoning. This is real simple. The Bible never teaches that the, that the Jews receive this leader as Antichrist. This is what the Bible does teach. That the Antichrist, not yet revealed, will make a covenant with the Jews. When he steps in the temple and demands to be worshipped as Christ, they recognize he ain't the Christ. So the Jews, the Bible never says they receive the Antichrist as being this Messiah. They receive that person to bring in the covenant of peace for Jerusalem only. So when people say the Jews won't receive uh, the Antichrist unless he's a Jew, well, the Jews never do, according to the Bible. They simply recognize at the midpoint of the tribulation, this is not the Messiah. So they don't receive him as Antichrist. So it eliminates whether or not the Antichrist is a Jew. A uh, few more questions. Can I do three more? Okay, is the Antichrist alive today? Okay, I, be, I, I believe he is. All right. I might be wrong, but you know me, I always think I'm right. Um, but, but I look at this and I think, I believe that the scriptures teach that the generation that sees the Jews gather back into the land, Israel established as a nation again, and all of the signs come together at a particular time. Um, that that generation is not going to pass away when all of these things are developing at a particular time. People ask me, well, how long a generation is? I'm not going to get into that. You get into date setting and all of that. Um, uh, but I do know this. There's Jews who are part of the Holocaust. They're Holocaust survivors that are still alive today. And some of them are really, really, really old. Uh, maybe that applies to those Jews. Uh, but ultimately, it's, I believe it is the people who are alive when Israel is established as a nation again and all of the other signs are taking place at the exact same time. They are all converging at the same time. So I believe that we live in that day. Um, we could be here for another hundred years. I'd be really old, so I don't, think, I don't think any of us will actually be here. for. But I, I, I cannot see this going on much longer. But you know what? God could do a reset. All of a sudden... America could be made great again. And this whole direction of the new world order could end. And the globalist agenda could collapse for a while. I kind of doubt it, but it could happen, right? It is possible. Um, but when I look at the world events and everything that's taking place and what the Bible says, I believe the Antichrist uh, is alive today, but I'm not going to be dogmatic about that at the same time. Um, if the Antichrist is alive today, does he know who he is? I do not think so. Um, in fact, I was doing a Q&A with James Cadiz just a couple of weeks back, and that question came up. Does the Antichrist know who he is? And we both agreed he doesn't. Uh, if he's, we both agreed he's alive today. Um, and he doesn't know who he is, and uh, he won't know who he is until he's possessed by Satan, which doesn't appear to take place until the midpoint of the tribulation period. It could take place earlier than that, but um, it doesn't appear he does until that place. So 
Uh, but the Bible does tell us this about the Antichrist. He's the beast. He's the man of lawlessness. He's the son of destruction. He's a despicable person. He, he's the willful king. He's the worthless shepherd. He's the insolent king. And he is the abomination that causes the desolation. Um, I believe the rapture of the church is the event that is going to launch the career of the Antichrist. Um, the career in, in this sense. The rapture of the church does not begin the tribulation period. Okay, hear me out. What begins the tribulation period? It's the covenant that's confirmed of Daniel chapter 9, verse 26 and 27. It is that covenant that begins the tribulation period. But I believe when the rapture of the church takes place, there's going to be all kinds of dynamics that are going to change in this world. Um, think of it like this. It, when you read 2 Thessalonians, the Bible says that, uh, teaches, when I look at it, that the Antichrist will not be revealed until he who restrains is taken out of the way. I believe that he who restrains is the Holy Spirit working through the lives of believers does not mean that the Holy Spirit will be taken away because people are going to be saved during the tribulation period and the Holy Spirit will still be working, but differently. Uh, but being taken away, I believe, is speaking of the rapture of the church. When you look at this world right now, there is no other explanation I can come up with for all of the bizarre things that are happening from the threat of the collapse of the economy, major wars breaking out, uh, all of the... the, the, the the how people are restrained in madness from like killing everybody. You, you look at it and you go, there's something restraining everything. That's what 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 teaches. There's a restraining force that will be taken away. When that happens, not until that happens, then the Antichrist, not until after that time will the Antichrist be revealed. But I do believe at the rapture of the church, it'll free up the Antichrist to be able to really start to have a lot more freedom to move look how many people right now if you're a christian you believe in conservative things hate what you stand for when you turn on the news you look at everything you look at the media you look at politics you're going man these people hate chick-fil-a they hate uh you know the, you look at you going what what is what hobby lobby why because they have a christian name or they'll say it's politics or whatever you look at this and go man this is just absolutely nuts but it's there's a restrainer that is at work um but I don't believe that the Antichrist knows who he is at this time. Will the world love him? I think this is the last question I have, and it, and it is. Uh, will the whole world love him? No. And that's a, a whole lot of deception. Much of the world will resist him, and the result will be massive world war, uh, and he will destroy to an extraordinary degree, Daniel chapter 8 teaches. Egypt, Jordan, and much of Africa will not willingly submit to the antichrist and neither will the kings of the east when you see the kings of the east coming over into the land at megiddo they're not coming because they're in love with the antichrist they originally are making their way over to megiddo armageddon to make war against the antichrist but when they arrive antichrist is able to charismatically turn their attention to go against jesus christ uh, but you have uh, especially if we're really going to see when we get to daniel chapter 11 it's an amazing thing God seems to save Egypt and Jordan and, and uh, turn their hearts to the king of kings. And it's, it's just, I, I wish it would happen in America. Um, maybe it will. Um, 
the Antichrist is going to have economic control over the masses because of the databases that are set up, but not everybody is going to love uh, the Antichrist. Um, he is not going to be Jesus Christ. In all of this, we are supposed to be looking for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? In fact, the Bible tells us this, when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your head because your redemption draws near. You and I have hope. Uh, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to be in heaven one day. But also, I believe this. You talk about some of the scary things that go on during the tribulation and the kingdom of the Antichrist. Listen, the Bible talks about a rapture. Uh, some people say, well, the Bible, nowhere in the Bible is there a rapture. Listen, there is the rapture of the church. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 is very clear that those who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in there. There's a generation in the last days that's going to be caught up, raptured, harpazoed into the air. That's going to be a pretty cool event that when it takes place. And then the, the great wrath of God is going to come upon the planet in the form of the tribulation period. But there's the rapture that's going to take place. But this is also a reminder that we need to share Jesus with other people. They need to know about the Lord. God has not appointed us to wrath if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and then 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 also says, therefore comfort one another with these words. Right now, what comfort would it be to any of you if I told you all of this stuff and I said, now you're going to have to go through it with the Antichrist? That would be no comfort, would it? But the Bible says comfort one another right after he says those who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in there. Therefore comfort one another with these words. The signs, all of these things, the stuff we talked about tonight, those things, they're, they're signs that let us know and shout to us, Jesus is coming, he's almost here, therefore be ready. This is the blessed hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ, amen? We do not need to be afraid, we don't have to be fearful, but we can be faithful and we can be strong. Those are signs. If those signs point to the tribulation and the second coming of Christ, how much closer it must be until we are called home to heaven. Amen? Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.